0: We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, Kyle? I did. Uh, I'm not a huge
1: fan of um, holiday weeks. I I, I don't like my routine disrupted, but it was fun. It was fun to relax, uh, get some time with, with the fam, I had to watch Tiger Phil, so that kind of broke it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good weekend.
0: You don't like being left alone in your shed, basically. Uh, no, I do like being left alone in my shed. Or yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> you don't like to be bothered from hiding <clears throat> in your shed.
1: No, I just I like the I like the rhythm of an everyday routine. And so when we're traveling, when we're doing all this other stuff, uh, yeah, I just I don't love it.
0: Anti Thanksgiving, okay. Man, uh, I, I'm not
1: anti Thanksgiving. I'm anti routine breaking.
0: Okay. I do like I, I like Thanksgiving. See, I like routine being broken. We're opposite. Mm. Why? Why? Why do you like that? The routine gets mon- monotonous, does it not? No, I love it. <laughs> uh, agree to disagree. I love the grind. You embrace the grind. Yeah. The new grandfather, so, some,
1: something Mike Gundy needed to do a little bit more of this year.
0: Yeah, um, do we think he's grinding as hard as he used to?
1: Um, do we think not, that I Mike, don't? Do we think Mike Gundy? No, of course not. I, does anybody after 14 years at the same job?
0: Mm, Nick Saban, maybe. Yeah, he's an alien, though. He is not of this world. You're right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, it's uh, – you know, we we did our – we did a post-game show on Sunday after the TCU game uh, that everybody can check out. We have that video up on Facebook and on YouTube. But um, it is not – I didn't – I went back and, and read some of the quotes again. I didn't love the uh, – you know, it's the dangdest thing. I just I, – that's not great. That's not what I want to hear from somebody whose job – it is to like, like you're like if you're Mike Gundy, your job is to affect morale. Your job is to, um, to not let this happen. And so I wrote a piece this week about how like it's not that they went six and six is my issue. It's how they went six and six. It's that they were clearly better than a six and six team, and yet in the last three years they've lost. Uh, so in the Mike Gundy era, they've lost eleven games at home as a favorite, Carson. And six of those have been in the last three years. So five in the first 10, and then six in the last three. Wow. That's not good. And I feel like that's on the head coach.
0: Well, I do think um, Brian Keating made this point on Crash the Board. I think it's totally true. You know, he's the last three years, you know, they've gone, they've won 10 games, what, six out of eight years? The last three years, they've kind of thought they were. Maybe better than they are. They thought they were, you know, one of the two best teams in the Big 12, which they had been. And maybe they just took some of those games lightly. I mean, I think that's the only way to describe it is they think they're better than they actually are. They think they can roll the football out there, roll their helmets out there, and, and just win. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't like Gundy saying this is the the dangest thing I've ever seen. Well, it's to me the two biggest issues fall on the head coach. Uh, you know, we're gonna have Clint Shelf on the podcast later. I thought he summed up. Uh, the, the OSU program, or the TCU game rather, perfectly with unmotivated, undisciplined, and those two things go directly back to the head coach. So I didn't like that either. And it, look, it was a bad year. They they probably weren't as good as we thought. They they probably underachieved more than we thought. But um, those are two things that fall squarely on Mike Gundy. I don't think he did a very good job this year, and I, I don't think he's working as hard, specifically recruiting, and uh, just in general.
1: Yeah, the recruiting thing is just, I don't know. It kind of is what it is. I, I don't know that that's going to change. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say he's not working as hard. I, I just um, – the attention to detail, I guess, is not there. So maybe that is what that means. I don't know. I have no idea, like, what his schedule is now compared to what it used to be. Mm. Um, but, the, I mean, uh, Nathan Ruiz of the Oklahoman wrote about this. Like, they have they were penalized more this year than they ever have been before. They had fewer turnovers created this year than they ever have uh, in the Gundy era. Unless they unless they create, uh, I think it's two turnovers in the bowl game. This will go down as the as the least productive Oklahoma State defense under Mike Gundy in terms of turnovers created. So it's just stuff like that that it's not stuff that is obvious. It's almost stuff that is you have to kind of dig a little bit and you're like, wow, oh, that's that's not good.
0: Um, so I don't know. It, it, it <laughs> I mean it was a weird year though. Well, yeah, just, like, the way they played against Texas in that first half, just juxtapose that with the first half against TCU. Like, how do you, how do you explain that? Like, as Gundy likes to say, these are kids. You know, they're, they're Generation Z. I don't think he did a very good job motivating Generation Z to get ready to play the, the middle to lower tier half of the league. I don't think that's any mystery. So, And I don't want to harp on it, but you know they, they went 6-6 six and six with a team that we thought their floor would be seven, eight wins. And so I, I think they're going to be uh, vastly superior talent-wise to the uh, team they play in the bowl game because of that. But um, I don't know. It's a disappointing year for sure.
1: Can I get you excited about Tulane and the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth? Ooh,
0: is that's that's worse than uh, Purdue in the heart of Dallas, is it not?
1: Oh, it's way worse, isn't it?
0: I think so. It is the Jalen McCluskey Bowl? Does he go out to midfield for the coin toss? It's... Does he wear one of those like <laughs> LeBron, those LeBron fan jerseys that were like half Cavs, half Lakers? Does he wear like a half OSU, <laughs> half Tulane jersey?
1: <laughs> a Sean King jersey,
0: maybe? Yeah.
1: How about that? From when was Sean King like a Heisman finalist there, like 2000 or something? when not like that just that. Like Sean
0: King? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, that that would be bad. It, it's gonna. We'll, we'll talk about the bowl game at, at the very end. I did want to talk real quick before we get to Clint about uh, all Big 12 team announced on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Oklahoma State had three guys on the first team. They had. Uh, obviously, Tylen Wallace, they had Justice Hill, which was maybe a little surprising. And then they had uh, Jordan Brailford was their only defensive guy on the first team. Anything surprise you or stick out about the All-Big 12 teams?
0: Uh, not really. I thought it was um, – I, I pretty much agree with all of it, didn't you? I mean, I didn't have any issues. I was not surprised Tylen was first team. I guess Justice maybe a little just because he missed the last – you know basically three games He barely played in Bedlam um, So no I, I I didn't have too many issues with it
1: Yeah I think I think the surprise for me was Justice I, I thought he would have gotten bumped down To second team I, I think if he was a lesser name he would have It's funny how I mean you look back I was looking at his freshman year He was second team all big 12 Well he was way better his freshman year Than he was this year from a, from a numbers I don't mean production But just from a number standpoint Because he played all the games and he didn't even get to 1,000 yards this year in the regular season. But I think he gets the benefit of the doubt because he's Justice Hill and it was the coaches voting on this thing.
0: Well, and keep in mind, there was, what, 14 players on the first team, all offense? Like, that's a joke. That's like what the women's basketball does with their first team, all Big was, 12. They put, they put like 12 people on it. I was hoping
1: you would reference that. That's That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. There's a, there's literally like nine uh women on the on the all big 12 first team. Like, right. well, ha, are we playing volleyball or I mean what what what's playing the... soccer? Yeah. It's it's crazy.
0: Well, and 14 in football, like what do we why even have a first team if you're just going to make it 14? Like well, this is just to... an arbitrary number. They <laughs> It really is that
1: that yeah. I'm with you because it's like who do we who do we not want to offend? You here? look at you look at like uh, you look at like all like all NBA teams, and I don't want more than five guys on my All NBA team. I want to know who the best five guys were. I want to know who the best eleven players in the Big Twelve were in 2018,
0: not the best well, f- fourteen. Well, and that makes it a big deal to make first team because there's only so many spots. When they make it fourteen, it's just. It's belittling the, uh, the has downgraded in the award, <laughs> by the way, by the way, I love it when you write be downgrade in, in your, one of your articles and someone in the comments doesn't get it. And they're yeah. just like, be downgrades not a word. It's yeah. like, you're, you're the joke now. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Like, do you, have you followed Oklahoma State? How are, <laughs> you, are you, are you a millennial snowflake? You don't
0: know the rant by heart, like the rest of us. <laughs>
1: um, some other news that came out over the weekend, Cliff Kingsbury fired, so it's, uh, it's footballscoop.com season, Carson.
0: I love it. I love footballscoop.com season. It's great
1: because we've got all kinds of rumors. Uh, Mike Yersich to Central Michigan potentially. Uh, what, what just thoughts on Cliff and Yersich moving on and just are we going to see Gundy flirt with anybody this year? What, what, what do you how do you think this is going to play out?
0: Well, I don't <laughs> I don't think Yersich is moving on. I mean, I know his name has been thrown around with Central Michigan and Tulane last year. Um, I just think he's always going to be fourth or fifth down the list, don't you? I don't, I don't see a team just throwing some money at Mike Yursich. Um,
1: well, I, I was cl- thinking about, I was thinking about this. Does, do you think Yursich like crushes in interviews?
0: I don't know because he's super bland when he talks to us. But I've always heard he's a pretty big personality behind the scenes i heard he's pretty funny i yeah, heard I think he's, he's, he's interesting but for us he's gosh, it's like talking to a brick wall
1: yeah i i think he is pretty funny and interesting but i i don't know that it's the type of funny and interesting that comes off well in interviews i think it's more i think it's more subtle like you have to be like once you're around him for like a couple of weeks or a couple of months you're like oh this yeah this guy's great. Like this is this is hilarious, you know. But I don't know if it comes off that way to an athletic director who has an hour with you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I just, I wonder how all of this ends with Mike Yurcich at Oklahoma State. Is he the offensive coordinator until Gandhi retires? Is he, does he go and get like a, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious by that, uh, just that whole
0: narrative. Yeah, I mean, I think he's here for another. Four or five years. I mean, depending really? on what job, depending on what jobs open up. I just, again, you have to remember where he came from. There's just not a big track record there, and it's it's almost like to a far 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 lesser extent how some defensive guys don't get credit for Saban's defense because it's Sabin's defense. I think yeah. a little bit of that applies to it's Gundy's offense. It's Gundy's air raid, and he came in and learned Gundy's offense essentially, which obviously that's not. The whole story i think your has had plenty of input on the offense but uh, i just think from a national perspective i think that's what what how people view him and and really the osu program but as far as cliff i i think he might go to the nfl and be an oc mm. there i could see him doing that i know uh usc is interested in him could you imagine him in la uh, <laughs> that, that would be that would be something <laughs>
1: Uh, on the Yursich thing, who do you think leaves uh, Oklahoma State first, Gunnar Gundy or
0: Mike Yursich? <laughs> um, I think Yursich. I mean, that is that is a long ways away. Is yeah. Gunner a junior or is he a senior this year?
1: Yeah, so six years from now. You said four or five years for Yursich.
0: Yeah. Well, when Gunnar Gundy leads him to the national championship <laughs> over Bama, <laughs> he might go pro early and there might be a push.
1: That's a long time to be an OC somewhere. That would have been, if he's there five more years, that would have been 10 se- or 11 seasons in Stillwater. Wow. And it's not like he's, you know, when when you see that, I think you traditionally see somebody who's older, who just is, you know, kind of satisfied with whether, and maybe he is satisfied. I, I don't know what his aspirations are, but
0: uh, I don't know. Well, I, maybe maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong because his name is getting thrown around back-to-back off seasons now so yeah but, but i would with think you. after a couple years that he might get a job well I, i'm with you though
1: it's like well who, who, there's only 130 of these and there's only you know so what is it 15 that are open every year whatever the number
0: is i don't know I, is, he, is do, he do you even, think do you think gundy would fire him ever do you think gundy I, was happy with the job he did this year
1: uh no no not really I don't know. I mean, they had a, their offense wasn't the issue. Again, like, I think people don't look at the numbers and they just say, oh, well, based on these six plays that I remember, offense stinks and the defense was just kind of what it is. No, the the defense was a lot worse. I, I, can't, I can't say this enough. The defense was a lot worse than it was last year under Glenn Spencer. A lot worse. It might not feel like that. It might not seem like that. But if you look at the numbers – they were significantly worse, and they didn't create turnovers. And, yes, the offense had its issues at times, but for breaking in a first-year quarterback, <clears throat> um, for replacing what you did at receiver, I, I didn't think it was that bad of a job. Now, were there bad game plans? Yeah. Tech, K-State, TCU, not good. But overall, I, I just I don't know how much you can pin on the offense.
0: Can I counter on the defense? I have a counterpoint. Yeah, let's do it. They were good enough to beat Kansas State. They were good enough to beat TCU. And I think they were good enough to beat Baylor. So that's three That's three losses right there where the offense, I thought, had chances to go in the game and couldn't. Yeah. No, it's fair. Is that fair? Yeah, it is fair.
1: Um, but, you know, on the flip side, uh, I'm trying to think of who they lost to. You know, they lose to OU. T- you tech. Know, tech. Uh, but the tech thing was, was on, yeah, that was on the offense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fair, I, I guess. And I guess
0: my point has always been OSU football wins games with their offense. They're just, their defense just has to do enough. And I thought, of course they were bad this year. The stats you gave are, are true. And they didn't force any turnovers to help out their offense. I just thought there was points in games in which they lost that they played well enough, and the offense just couldn't let them off the hook.
1: Let them off the hook. They were t- number twenty-three nationally in offensive points per drive, which is good, solid. It's not. It's probably not like a, you know, a number that you necessarily are fired up about as an Oklahoma State fan. I think top fifteen. You're like, okay, yeah, that's rolling. And they were ninety-ninth in uh, defensive points per drive. Ninety-ninth. Oof. That's bad. That's bad, especially Oof. when you're when you're not creating turnovers. They were a hundred and twentieth in at plays per uh, turnover created. So that's they created one turnover every seventy five <laughs> defensive snaps, which is basically one a game. Oof. That's, that's not bad. good.
0: Yeah, it's really. And they had bad. Uh, my favorite stat is they had what forty four turnovers in mm-hmm. 2011 that is just incredible <laughs> it's a, it's astounding but
1: I, I think you make a really good point about like okay let's let's get out of the overall numbers and let's look at individual games and say look they held kansas state to six points in the first half well i would i would counter and say well they let it they let them score a touchdown every time they had the ball in the second half uh so that was an issue but i i think football's, your point-
0: a, football's a mental game when you I, when you look when you look on the field and your offense is punting every every series, mentally you're you're going to break. I think that's what happened in that game.
1: Yeah, and I but I I, I guess what I'm saying is I think your point is is fair, um, but I just I didn't think the job that Jim Knowles did this year overall with the defense was was very good at all.
0: I I definitely would agree. I, I'm not here defending him. Not
1: here to talk about the past. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was such a weird hire, I said it at the time. but. Um, do you want to talk about uh,
1: somebody that I mentioned earlier, James Washington?
0: Yeah, Jimmy.
1: Did you see what happened between him and uh, B- Big Ben last weekend?
0: Well, I saw the greatest incompletion of all time when James <laughs> dove six feet and <laughs> landed on the ground and dropped the ball. And I th- Ben blamed him for diving instead of running through it. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: Yeah, which I think he was correct about. I think Washington shouldn't have dove. Remember how uh, we were told at the golf media event a couple of years ago about how James uh, James Washington gets faster when the ball's in the air.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, he didn't. It didn't seem like he trusted that, and it didn't seem like he needed to dive. But what 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 are you doing as a quarterback, throwing your receiver under the bus like
0: that? I don't know. It was weird, right? It was, but it I was mean, like, Ben's a, Ben's, a, Ben's a made man. He can say what he wants. Maybe he's just trying to motivate the rookie. I don't know. But no, it, it seemed like James could have done the play. Remember against Pitt over the middle where he reached at his arms out and almost stumbled. He had to reach so far. Yeah. It seemed like he could have done that, but it's easy for me to say that on my couch. <laughs> but uh, no, I think, uh, I think Ben sees potential in James and I think he's just trying to motivate him in his own Roethlisbergian way.
1: The way. Uh, yeah, it was it was bizarre. Um, it, it's always fun. I don't pay a ton of, t- of attention to the NFL, but it's fun to check in and see how those guys are doing. I saw Marcel Aitman had a really good game a couple weeks ago in his kind of first outing with the Raiders.
0: Dude, he's gotten 15 targets in two weeks, like yeah, most well, of the Raiders. Like, they, got, they got rid of Amari Cooper, so. I may or may not be playing Marcel Aitman in Daily Fantasy this weekend. <laughs> I that's so how many targets he's getting.
1: I mean, if you look at it, though, like, who who's who's better suited body wise for the NFL, James Washington or Marcel Aitman?
0: I don't know. I mean, Antonio Brown's the best receiver in the league, and he's Washington size.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying it's at least you can at least have the conversation, right? Like I I think True. that I think that Aitman has potential to be a a good pro for a while. I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to be great, but I think he can be pretty good just based
0: on how big he is. Yeah, he's got a shot for sure.
1: Uh okay, you want to talk a little bit of hoops before we call uh Clinch Health?
0: Yep. Okay.
1: Oklahoma State goes down to the advocare imitational. Uh they beat uh Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers. Penny's still looking like he's like he can ball a little bit.
0: They beat the brakes off Penny.
1: Yeah. Penny Penny doesn't have much, I don't think. Penny is yeah, he's, not...
0: he's doing he's doing some cruiting already, so Yeah. Uh, I do find it funny. Penny still has the same goatee he had in 1992. He's just he's just still doing it. Do you think
1: that uh, their team issued shoes or the th- like the the pennies? They should be. Is he the only? Like, is he the only coach in the country that has or that once had his own
0: shoe deal? I guess Patrick Ewing maybe. Yeah, Ewing. Um, but no, if you if you showed up in pennies at like a basketball camp, you kn- you knew you were good. The pen yeah um, the pen the pennies were sick. Those were so good.
1: He, I think he was kind of like the Kyrie of our generation.
0: Yeah, I was such a Magic fan. because uh, Shaq's like my all time favorite. Yeah, Penny, and they, Penny was
1: awesome. They were awesome. Anyway, uh, So Cal State beats them. Uh, they lose to Villanova, kind of ugly. It wasn't wasn't great. And then they get a really impressive thirteen point win over LSU, uh, top twenty team. Um, they, you know, kind of kind of. I don't know if they ran him out of the gym, but they beat him handily in the second half after it got close to, at the end of the first. And I, I I mean, I don't know about you, I have to think that's a really successful <clears throat> trip uh, for for Boynton and, and for OSU going down to Orlando.
0: Yeah, I mean, that LSU win is going to play well on, on Selection Sunday. You know, Kyle Boone covers college basketball for CBS, and he basically said LSU's a tournament team. So to, to win that impressively against LSU will go a long ways. And um, I was really impressed with Cam McGriff. I thought he looked like an NBA player yeah. uh, against LSU. I mean, with his size and athleticism, if he can shoot like that, he'll, he can play at the next level. So he's he's really evolved into an all-around excellent, I think, number one guy on, on this team. Yeah,
1: I really – I didn't watch a ton. Uh, but what I did watch, I was impressed with Michael Weathers. You know, I, when they went over to Europe earlier this year – I it didn't he didn't pop like i thought he would uh he he just and again that's europe you're watching on like a weird feed that's you know who, who know like it's just the whole thing's bizarre but i just i thought he looked the part in orlando i think he's going to be pretty good i i think i think he's a guy along with mcgriff that you can you can look at a big 12 title like type team and say, yeah, those guys fit in somewhere. I don't know if you can say that about a ton of guys on this OSU team, but I think you can definitely say it about them.
0: So you've come around on Weathers. you were always not sure what he was, but now you've seen the you've seen the light.
1: Yeah, he's impressive.
0: Uh, I like your and a a lot. Yeah, the big center. Yeah, don't your ang your nah what what your is he your your what what's he what what is he what's he gonna do. Swat the ever-loving crap out of everybody. Yeah. Protect the rim. Yeah. Dunk on people. Okay. I like him. He's, he's got energy. That's that's what you need. Uh, shocked cool. shocked at how well DeZog was shooting. I mean, he's <laughs> twenty five thousand threes or whatever he made this summer is <laughs> paying. All he's shooting like sixty percent or something crazy. Uh, I didn't think. I kind of thought his scholarship might be available for some of these incoming recruits, but he's obviously turned into one of the, the team leaders. And, and if he can shoot at his clip at the college level, that's a real weapon. And that, I've been really impressed with him too.
1: Yeah. We did have a comment in our Slack about how like somebody, I won't sell this person out, but they said, look, I don't love dizzy, but uh, if he's going to shoot 60% from three, he can just lay down on the court on defense and it won't matter. <laughs> right. That's how, that's how productive he is right now.
0: Yeah. And, I thought that that's uh, pretty funny. I don't love the, the bow and arrow celebration as mm, much. Yeah. Like I'm cool with it when it's like a, you know, a 10, 0 run timeout, other team to bust that out. But like every single three. Yeah. seems a bit much, but yeah. that's, that's my old man segment of the day.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's get to Quint shelf. It's time for the coupe. works guests of the week. Coupe works, bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma city. Try the flagship F5 IPA. The Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale or the Refreshing Horny Toad Blonde for your next watch party, tailgate, or get together with friends. Enjoy a cold coupe ale. Works, and please remember to drink responsibly.
0: All right, joining us right now is former OSU quarterback Clint Shelf. Uh, Clint, what are you up to, man? Uh, you uh, enjoying a little little lunch there? You watching Tiger? What are you up to?
2: I am. I'm not. I'm not watching Tiger. I can't. I can't bear to see my boy in last place. <laughs> again, so I won't flip it on. But just enjoying a little Chick Fil A. The uh, it's kind of the quintessential lunch for me. Just you gotta go there at least once a week.
1: Was that well, the Enid is that the Enid Chick-fil-A?
2: The Enid Chick-fil-A, yep. Oh, yeah. I was uh
1: I was just there over Thanksgiving. I took my kids to the Enid Chick-fil-A.
2: Wow. You really spoiled those guys. Wow. I wish my parents would yeah. do something like that for Chick- for for Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean it wasn't Thanksgiving Day, but we did we did go over yeah, there yeah. and uh it was uh yeah, it was a lot of fun. Great, great time. Enjoyed yeah, it. Kyle, Kyle yep.
0: keeps Chick Fil A in business with his his kids. I think so. That, that's not just uh, a thank you, as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Clint, we've uh, we've had just a hellacious time breaking down this team all year. We had no idea what to expect. Ultimately, they end up six and six, beat the good teams, uh, lose to the bad teams. Just what was your take on on how this season played out?
2: Yeah, uh, weirdest season i can i can remember is as, as, as long as i've been watching uh yeah the team that gets up and plays the good the good teams and loses to bad teams and you know to me i've always thought that that kind of uh that motivation and that that discipline uh lies within the coaching staff and so um you know i i know it's a tough year and in uh six and six is never good but to, to play the, the way that they did in some of those games, you just think there's no way that this team should be six and six. They should be, you know, they should have eight wins, nine wins. But um, you know, they just it just seemed in, in, in the games where there wasn't the external motivation, you know, where it's not um, a ranked matchup like Boise or homecoming or senior night. They just they didn't play well, and so you know I think some of that uh, lies on, on the coaching staff not getting those guys prepared and motivated.
1: Is there that much difference, uh, just from having been a player in the game against Texas versus going to a Kansas State or a Texas Tech or something like that? Do you feel that in the in the days leading up and even in the locker room before the game?
2: Yeah, I would say I would say um, you definitely can feel that just in in um, really the energy. You know, I mean, when you're in those locker rooms and you know it's a big, I mean nowadays everyone knows when it's a big game you know it's ranked it's on tv it's you've played against you know whoever it is kyler or someone from texas you know it's just there's all that hoopla and there's there's that extra motivation if you want to go out and and, you know people are going to be watching you want to play better and those those games that you know maybe not as as televised on a smaller network or you know there's not a, a name brand marquee guy you know it's just you've really got to do a good job as players of uh, you know, getting yourselves ready and and then you know feeding off each other and getting the coaches to motivate you and get going, kind of.
0: What was your thoughts on uh, the play on play of Taylor Cornelius? Obviously, he he kind of went hand in hand with with beating the good teams and losing to the bad teams. Just as a former quarterback, what did you what did you like and and where do you think maybe he he struggled some?
2: Yeah, you know, I I I really. I enjoyed watching him play. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy he got his opportunity and he got to, to play this year. I was one of the guys that felt like he, that's the way it should have gone. Now I, I do, uh, I do think that Spencer should have gotten at least some snaps so that his first snaps aren't, you know, next season into just thrown into the fire, you know, in a season like this, where he's coming off the bench, at least get him, get his feet wet a little bit. Um, I think that would have been smart in the long run and for his career and for the team next year. But, um, you know, I thought, I thought Taylor played really well. Um, Obviously, like you said, he he was up and down and as he went, usually the games and the final score went. But, um, you know, I think early in the season, a lot of those, those, those games that we lost offensive line wasn't playing well at all. I think if you talk to, you know, any offensive lineman, former offensive lineman, they would, they would say the same thing that, that those guys, Uh, weren't gelling the right way and and keeping him upright. And um, as a quarterback, it's just really hard to play that position when guys are in your face, you know. And and as a guy who hadn't played a lot of Division One football at at that point in time, early in the year, you know, I I can see where he would be a little gun shy, a little little, uh, have accuracy issues, and and just be afraid of getting taking those shots. So um, overall, I, I, I liked what Taylor did this year. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he got to play, but I would have liked to have seen. Uh, Spencer mixed in a little bit
1: yeah I I agree I I was thinking about that this week and then I I started going back through and I was like well where would you where would you put Spencer in and it's like it's almost like every time you're like oh well this could be an opportunity Cornelius goes out and has an awesome game so I'm curious about kind of how you would have used Spencer to prepare him for 2019
2: yeah you know I mean really like you said it would have been tough um with the new rule being able to play four games um the first two games i think when when you've got a lead yeah um, I, I would have liked to have seen him out there in those two games and then um you know outside of that you're right it would have been tough because you got to play quarterback with so much confidence and and if if you pull that trigger if you pull that card of, of taking taylor out um your 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 options kinda mm. done. I mean you're not gonna put you're not gonna put him back in, I don't think. Um we've all seen, you know, how that how that goes. It's it's just a difficult position to be in to, to know, you know, that there's always that guy over your shoulder. So I like how they they committed to Taylor and kept with him and you're right, it would have been tough. But um, you know, I think at some point you could <clears throat> you could work him in uh for a series or two just to, to kinda I don't know, get us like I said, get a seat wet. I mean we kinda knew Uh, This year wasn't going to be a a BCS, a nine or 10 win year. So um, just would have liked to have seen maybe them them work a little bit of of maybe have a set package for him every, you know, once a game or so.
0: From your perspective, Quillen, you played in 2011 on that team whenever they would pull Brandon out. You got to play in five games. How much did that experience, as you mentioned, with Spencer possibly getting in some games to help his confidence? How much did that experience in 2011? help you in 2012 and, and beyond.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, those games when you just, it's just the comfortability of just getting out there and going through, um, you know, your reads and your calls and, um, of, of just knowing like how it all works, seeing an actual defense on the other side. That's not, you know, your scout team or your own guys that you played against. It's just, um, knowing that you, you, you've been out there, you, you've been on the field, you've, you've, all the fans, you've heard it all, even if it's, you know, at the end of a game in a blowout and there's not many people. It's just getting used to that environment is so much different than anything in high school that I think, you know, it could really benefit a guy. And the main thing would probably be there's no pressure. I mean, you go out there. I went out there in 20, 2011 and played a couple games threw a couple balls in the dirt, you know, had some fumbles. And it just, it's nice to know that it, it doesn't really matter as far as the team's success yet. So that's kind of, you know what I what I took from it, and what I would have, you know, hoped that if they would have gotten Spencer out there, he could have taken it from it.
1: I think you played like most of the Kansas game that year. I think Whedon had like five touchdowns in ten minutes, and then I I think I think you had like two hundred and fifty yards against Kansas or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, they were. I think we were up thirty five at at the end of the first quarter. I think, yeah. we scored, <laughs> I think I can't remember right if that's the game that Gilbert took the opening kickoff back, but I think he had one. He had a return touchdown maybe in one of those. I don't know. But, yeah, that was you – know, you're just going to it, It's just – it's easy. You know, it's base reads, base calls, getting in that environment, no pressure. If I threw a pick, I mean, I'm going to get yelled at. But, you know, in the back of my mind, it's not like, man, I just lost the team in the game. So, yeah, that yeah. was nice.
1: Your your last season was, I believe, Mike Yersuch's first season. And – you know, I, I think that a lot of Oklahoma State fans are I I think you could whoever the offensive coordinator is they're going to be frustrated or mad or whatever but th- there's there's <laughs> there's an especially like antagonistic um ire against against Mike Yurcich and I'm just curious as somebody who's been close to him uh, albeit in kind of his infancy as the offensive coordinator. What are, what are the qualities that he brings to the table that fans maybe don't see and, and are not aware of that make him good at his job?
2: Yeah, you know, he was there um, learning really at that point. We had kind of still ran that same Dana Munkin variation of that offense. And so when he got there, we were really kind of teaching him the offense because, you know, he, he still wanted to run that system. That's what we were all com- comfortable in. And so we kinda of taught it to him and he picked up, you know, on it very quickly, obviously as a coach and, and then, you know, tweaked it to how he wanted to. But um, you know, he does I feel like he does get a little bit of uh uh too much of the blame sometimes, but you know, he's just a good he's a good guy. He's one of the guys that um, you know, I played for that 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 just is a nice cares about you, asks about your family, just a, a solid person. Um, X's and O's wise, you know, it was tough. It's tough for me to compare him to Um, Dana and to Munkin because obviously, you know, they're two of the the best play callers that, that, you know, offensive minds that there are. And he was obviously just learning the system and and trying to, trying to work his, his schemes into it. But uh, you know, he is, he really is, he's a, a brilliant offensive mind. Um, His play calling um, you just, it's just different than every other guy's. So, you know, with him, we had to be ready for different things. And when Munkin, Munkin would like to take shots down the field where, you know, maybe Yursich wouldn't as much like to. So um, there's just little nuances to each guy, but, but he really is. I mean, he, he's a, he's a smart guy. He can call a good game, and, and, and he's a good guy.
0: When you think back to the offense you ran versus what you're watching now, what do you think the biggest differences are that, that you see? Like how much of Yursich's influence is there now as opposed to when you were playing? Yeah, you know, I, I I preach it every week on the pregame
2: show is that, you know, our main thing when we were playing, and Dana and Munkin both loved it, is tempo. And I know, um, you know, this year they've done it at certain points, and I think it was really successful. I think about the, the Texas game when, when we went up tempo and uh, were running the ball at them because they couldn't get set. And, um, you know, that was our key, and that's what I, I've always just thought has been a difference maker between – uh, you know, a good offense and a great offense is that tempo. And so I think, um, you know, they they started to realize that and got back to it. But, um, you know, that's that's the one thing that we always preach. And we wanted to go fast and not allow those guys up front to get set and then tire those big guys out by running them sideline to sideline. And, um, you know, Jursich, I think they've kind of slowed it down a little bit. And I don't know if that's um, due to personnel, due to the defensive scheme. You know, I think it was just a lot of different – you know, things went into it this year where where they had to tweak it and slow it down a little bit. So I would have liked to have seen you know them kind of speed it back up as much as they could. Which player,
1: based on your expectations going into the year, do you think uh, surprised you the most, or maybe exceeded those expectations?
2: Um, you know, I think the easy easy choice would be Thailand, but um, you know, I I, I didn't know what to expect from Taylor either. Um, and I think if you look at his numbers, he had really good numbers. And so, you know, those two guys, they obviously had a good connection together, but um, I think going into the year, it was at least for me in my mind, I knew Tylan was a good player, but with Tyron and, and Jalen McCleskey before he left and stoner, you know, I just, I, you didn't, didn't know who was going to be the best one out of that group. And Tylan ended up being the go-to guy and having a, you know, a cough type year. So um, maybe that was on, on some people's radars. I, I didn't think it was going to be that way, but I'd have to go with, you know, one of those two
0: guys, Clint. Please tell me that Tyron's going to win the Blitnikoff next year. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tyron Johnson so uh, much. I wish they give him the ball more.
2: Uh, yeah i i like Ty I like his skill set. I like what he can do with the ball in his hands. Um, I would I would like to see him run maybe a few more routes from the slot. I think uh, getting the, the ball in his hands him after the catch is it would be uh, super beneficial to not only the team obviously but to to him, I think if you you allow him to run after the catch, I think that would be huge. But um, I obviously didn't know that Thailand was going to be this year, so I'm, I'm not going to make any predictions for next year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, benefits of going to a bowl. I, I asked Justin Phillips about this after the TCU game, and he just he talked about how it's you know another game with these guys that you've kind of grown up with and and come together with what what were the benefits for you of of just going to a bowl in your seasons in your senior season and getting to enjoy that one final time
2: yeah like you said I mean you you have Christmas and then you get to go away and go to a fun location and just hang out with the guys you know you're in the hotel they've got a, a big room set up where everybody can go in there and you know, play mm. ping pong or do whatever they want. You get the bowl gifts and the money and stuff and um, all that's nice. But that, that one last time of, of getting to hang out with everybody as seniors was, I mean, that's really the the fun part. It's like going on like a mini, mini vacation with everybody. And, um, you know, I think what gets lost in, in college football a lot, um, it's obviously a business and everybody obviously wants to win and win championships. But, uh, you know, these are college kids. We were college kids and, there's a lot of memories that, that I'll take from my senior year that, um, you know, I know a lot of these kids, they're not happy with the season and, and people would like, you know, different guys to be playing, but, you know, those are memories that those kids are going to live with for the rest of their lives. That might be the highlight of their life. So, I, you know, you just got to put it into perspective that, uh, at the end of the, the day, it's a game and, you know, I, whether it's Taylor and people wanting Spencer in there whatever, I mean, Taylor went out there and, and um, he made memories and, and stuff that he's going to remember long after we remember, you know, after the six and six season, he's going to be, be stuck with those forever. And, um, you know, I just, it, it means a lot to the, to the kids, but at the end of the day, I think fans lose a little bit of perspective in the, in the, the wins and losses.
0: Well, Clint, we appreciate your time. This is the last question for me. Uh, just next, next year is so important as far as the quarterback position you were involved in a, in a quarterback competition. Just what can we expect between Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders to kind of take us inside how, how Mike Gundy approaches that and just kind of how that, that situation will play out, uh, starting, I guess in spring ball. Yeah. God, I, I wish I had
2: some idea what Mike Gundy's thinking about quarterback. You know, I mean, in my year, he decided to go with, uh, the younger guy and, the older guy and myself was on the bench and then it flip-flopped and um, I think he learned from that. And then with this one, he went with obviously the older guy and Taylor and gave him the shot and gave him the reins. So, um, you know, I, I would expect, I would expect Spencer to be playing. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't have any insider information. I think, um, at the end of the day, I think he's probably going to be the better quarterback. And I think after one year, um, in the system, he'll, he'll be comfortable enough to go out there and kind of be the guy. And so um, I, don't, you know, I think Drew's a really good player and he, he's obviously chose to come to Oklahoma state, which, um, you know, I hope works out for him, but I think anytime it's, it's one of your own guys that you've recruited and it's a guy that uh, you worked so hard to get and Spencer and, and who was, you know, Mr. Texas football and all, you know, all that stuff you want to make, I mean, ultimately, you want to make that guy happy, and you want to be able to recruit guys and say, hey, this guy came in, and and, and we played him. So um, I would expect it to play out that way. I don't know that for certain, but that's what I would guess.
1: Uh, by the way, guys, breaking news. Cliff Kingsbury to USC. All right. Wow. Yeah. Man. Offensive, offensive coordinator.
0: L.A. will never be the same. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> know, L.A.
2: That, that, that seems like a match made in heaven, honestly.
1: He's going to kill there, isn't he?
0: Oh, with those skill players? So. They got that yeah. freshman quarterback? Yeah, yeah. he's going to do a great job there. He might make yeah, more Oakland of a Yeah, football, that. you're right. He, he... <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I saw a great tweet from, uh, I think it was Lost Letterman, saying that he should just tell people he's Ryan Gosling going through a divorce when he's out in the town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just tell, tell all the ladies in L.A. that.
2: Oh, uh, that's great. It would work, okay. I bet. I bet it would
0: yeah it would <laughs>
1: uh, hey clint enjoy your chick-fil-a i appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll talk again soon all
2: right thanks for having me guys okay, Thanks, clint. dude see you later
1: okay carson uh i'm i'm with clint shelf i wish i had some idea of like what, what mike gundy is thinking when it comes to quarterbacks
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't want to bring it up you know he did uh I thought Clint was probably the most mishandled quarterback of any quarterback Gundy's had. I mean, you go back to, what was that, first, first game in 2013? He gets two series, I believe, and they, they bench him for Walsh until Walsh ultimately threw too many picks and he went back to Chelf. I think he flip-flopped Chelf yeah. and Walsh like so many times I've lost count. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I think Clint's right when he says he doesn't know what to expect. And I do think he's right that Gundy kind of learned a lesson from that. Yeah, I think because remember he said he didn't like playing freshman quarterbacks because well he did with West Lunt it just didn't work out so I think that's partly where he's coming from was this that past experience with Clint
1: yeah I thought it was interesting that he also said just talking about getting uh, Spencer some playing time I I don't know that I expected to hear that from him um, just because. I mean he he still thought Taylor should have been the guy but just getting a little bit of that experience. I I think I personally as an outsider looking in as Gundy would say think sometimes we overrate experience but somebody who's been there who's had the experience said no, this is important. This is a this is a thing. This is a big deal. And I thought that part of it was was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, and I, when he said that, it made so much sense too cuz what was Gundy harping on the most about Cornelius in the preseason? He kept saying well, we've seen him on the driving range. We just haven't seen him, you know, in a live game hardly with when the stadium's full. Now, yeah. uh, Clint mostly played in mop-up duty, but he, he said that experience helped him, and, and he would know. So I, I do think it would have been it would have been good to get Spencer some time. But it is what it is. He, he decided to play with Cornelius, and that's, that's where we're at. But uh, I am interested to see how he handles the, the quarterback competition because Gundy's big thing is always there's only so many reps. So one guy is going to get a majority, just a matter of who that's going to be.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, By the way, I posted uh, my five questions for 2019 on the site today. Uh, I didn't say I wonder who I one of my my questions was not who's going to be the quarterback, but when will Gundy name Spencer Sanders the starter?
0: (laughs) Uh, What what was your guess?
1: Oh, he'll save it until the Monday before the Oregon State game. You think so? I don't know. I who, I'm with Chelf. He has I have no idea what he what he thinks when it comes to quarterbacks.
0: I think he'll name him. Typically, they they name him about a week out because they need to get him all the first team reps. Uh, but it is Gundy, so he might be secretive. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one stop cowboy shop on campus corner. And be sure to shop online at ChrisUniversitySpirit.com. Carson, uh, we've come to the end of the regular season. What was your favorite Oklahoma State regular season uniform of twenty
0: eighteen? Oh, hmm, I have to think about that one.
1: Should we exclude the throwbacks?
0: Yeah, I mean that's a gimme, right? Yeah, it's it's almost seems unfair. It might be. It might be what they wore against TCU. Those helmets were awesome. They were. And the white white black flowed so well with the black face mask, the black number. Uh, I'm trying to remember what all they wore this year. It all it's, it's all kind of a blur.
1: Uh what are I, your top I'm,
0: couple.
1: Yeah, mine mine was obviously homecoming, but I'm presume we're excluding that. Then I, I go bedlam. I mean that's just gonna be an auto number one for me. The black, yeah. white, orange. That's the only time they wore orange pants, or one of two times. They wore them in the first game, and then they wore them in Bedlam. Uh, they wore a lot of, um, like, same jersey pant combos, like black, black, orange, orange, gray, gray, white, white. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, bedlam, Bedlam's number one for me. And then the TCU's up there, man. That That helmet was awesome. It was mm-hmm. really, really good. Uh, and then I think I thought the South Alabama was pretty good. The black, white, gray. I liked that a lot.
0: Yeah, that was good. Did they wear all black this year? They did, didn't they? Yeah, they
1: wore it against Iowa State with the Ed Hardy helmet.
0: Uh yeah, it knocks it down a couple notches. I, I gotta go Bedlam. <laughs> I gotta go Bedlam. That's that's the best tricolor they've got, and I think it's the most OSU combo they have. Um, I still want to see black, orange, black, and I I want to see I wanted to see this since they debuted the new uniforms in 2011 just like how hard is is black gray black yeah how good would that be yeah it would look nothing like oklahoma state but i want to see it
1: (laughs) okay let's hear one more one more time from our sponsor chris's university spirit carson and then we will wrap things up i got three quick questions for you and we'll get out of here chris's university spirit on campus corner in stillwater oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 And proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at ChrisUniversitySpirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. I got uh, Tiger duty here in a little bit, but uh, question number one: Willcomb State Basketball have a better or worse record than they did uh, last season?
0: Mm, I say better.
1: Wow. Really? Is that wrong. Well, I don't know. They went uh, twenty-one and fifteen last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to have the upper echelon wins. I just think they're going to have a slightly. I, I think they might go 500 or better I mean don't you they went eight and ten last year I could see them very easily going nine and nine or even ten and eight I just I think they're I think they're really good I think they're not really good i just think, I think they're better than people anticipated and I just I have questions about some of these teams in the league like how do we know like how do we know TCU is going to be top five in the league or top four they lost a lot of good players Kendrick Williams was a really good player he's in the NBA now Kansas they've State. Lost, they've lost some players. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's as ironclad as the preseason poll would would make it out to be. Like, don't you think Oklahoma State can can beat a lot of those middle teams to lower teams in a rack yeah, of points?
1: But I also think last year's team would have beaten Charlotte. That that concerns me.
0: Yeah, that's true. That that loss so, is going to hurt them come tournament time. Even though they got absolutely robbed by the the officials
1: yeah they they kind of did i'm gonna go worse i think they'll be worse than last year i think they'll
0: finish around 500
1: um
0: they're 8 okay. and 10 so they finish 500 or not
1: no 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 i'm saying overall they're 21 and 15 overall last year so i'm saying oh. they'll finish around i don't know 17 and 17 something like that what 16, are they right now 16 and 16 they're three and one
0: hmm I feel like they played more games than
1: that uh maybe four and one so who for now they're four and two do i pay do i even pay attention
0: <laughs> <laughs> what would that make their record in the league how many more non-conference games they have they've got
1: uh so they got minnesota on friday they got tulsa houston nebraska central arkansas a&M, Corpus Christi and then the Big Twelve Slate and they play South Carolina in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge.
0: Ooh, okay. Yeah. I think uh Mike Boynton and them learned their lesson on non conference schedule. You see they scheduled more games for next year too. Like uh they're they're beefing it up.
1: Uh yeah, they are for sure. Um okay. Uh Will OU does that get...
0: mean Calvin Sampson's coming to Stillwater?
1: He coaches uh where's Houston? that game at? That game is,
0: yeah, yeah, wow. Delvin Sampson's triumphant return. I love it.
1: Uh, okay, will OU get into the college football playoff?
0: If they beat Texas, yeah. <laughs> is that a cop-out?
1: Uh, yeah, just give me a yes or no. Don't give me these qualifiers.
0: Yeah, I think they will. I think they beat Texas, and I think they're already, they have a better resume than Ohio State.
1: Yeah. I'm they, will, they will
0: have they have that unique deal where they will have avenge their only loss. And I'm sorry, Ohio State got blitzed by a 6 and 6 Purdue team. It's much like last year. Remember Iowa just destroyed Ohio State? That was the reason they didn't get in just cuz you can't you can't get blown out by a bad team and expect to to get the nod over you know OU who lost by 3 points on a neutral field in a rivalry yeah. game. So that's I something think to me. A,
1: and it, to tell you the truth, it's a good thing for Oklahoma State if OU gets into the college football playoff because then Texas would go to the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> a 9-4 Texas team would go to the Sugar Bowl. And everybody would be bumped up a notch. And that leads me to my final question is what bowl do you think Oklahoma State will end up at and where do you want them to end up at?
0: Ugh. I want them to be in Phoenix for my own personal involvement. But um, I think Liberty Bowl would be a good spot. That's, that's not a terrible bowl. That's where I'd want them to go. But they're probably going to the Armed Forces Bowl, which would be back-to-back uh, games and Eamon Carter. Get excited.
1: That press box is nice. I'd be down with that. And it's easily accessible to me. I think they're going to end up in the I I think that I OU is going to get into the playoff. I think that... Uh, Texas if that happens Texas would go to the Sugar Bowl West Virginia would go to the Alamo Iowa State would go to the camping world and then the Texas Bowl would basically be choosing between Oklahoma State TCU and Baylor and then the Liberty Bowl would get to choose after that so I'm I'm basically betting that the Texas bowl would pick either TCU or Baylor over Oklahoma state and the Liberty would take Oklahoma state. But if where I want him to go is the Texas bowl, because in that scenario, you could get a matchup with maybe an A and M in Houston, which would be awesome. It'd be a ton of fun and it'd be easy for us to get to. I'm rooting for that. It's, it's uh, it's not new year's Eve. I don't want to be in Memphis on new year's Eve. That just, that doesn't sound oh, that fun. Oh
0: uh, yeah. I take, I take back my vote. I'm with you. Yeah. let yeah. go Houston.
1: Yeah, Texas Bowl would be would be
0: good, especially if they got to play A&M. Although, I'll, I'll probably be wherever OU is, so I probably won't be going anyway.
1: Sure, I might be where OU is. If they're playing uh, the college football playoff in Dallas, I might get to cover it.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's an interesting deal. I guess Alabama, hush, hush, wink, wink, gets to pick between Miami and Dallas. So if they're matched up with OU, you got to think they'd pick Miami. True. But yeah, um, I think, I think so. Dallas is actually closer to tuscaloosa than miami is so if it's not ou they might pick dallas yeah it's kind of an interesting scenario there yeah it is
1: okay uh that's all i got carson good stuff um thanks again to clint for coming on and we will be back at it again next week sounds good have a good weekend okay talk to you later